two Steelers were named to the offensive rookie team of NFL.com to, to be predicted for the 2022 season. We'll talk about that, who they are, and how the Steelers receivers are going to fit into the offense, where they're going to finish this year, as well as who fills out the bottom of that depth chart. It's going to be a lot of talk about the Steelers offense today and the young players of it right here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, with Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on this video. If you if you like it, hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content, including we and we have breaking news updates right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day. Joining me today, as I said earlier... Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. You know him, you love him. He's got the hair in full flowing action tonight. At oh, baby. Watching here on YouTube. Wes, how you doing? What's up, partner? I'm doing well. I'm, you know, my, my wife and I are uh, are leaving at the end of this week to go spend some time with her family over the 4th Aww. and everything. Little little long weekend and, uh, you know, with, with her side of the family and everything. So this week's going to drag a little bit. But you know, always, always nice to catch up with you to help uh, to help kill some time. In the meantime, I appreciate you taking the, that time, and you get to take the baby along with you. So yeah, it's it'll be great fun when babies when babies get to hang out with the rest of the family. But I wanted to talk to you about the Steelers' babies, and that being the rookies. Um, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, transitions, baby. There very we nice, go. We very got nice. But um, but in all seriousness, I wanted to refer to an article written by Chad Reuter of uh, a draft analyst for nfl.com and it was talking about the all offensive or the offensive all rookie team for 2022 and they predicted two Steelers rookies to make this list in the offense those of course being Kenny Pickett and George Pickens the Steelers first two picks of this NFL draft class now um I get Pickens he's a dark horse for a lot of people not even a dark horse he's a He's a prominent horse. He's a, he's a, he's mm-hmm. a favorite for a lot of people. Matt Williamson on Steelers Nation Radio has talked a lot about him being the guy that could take over. There's a lot of people that think that he could become the best receiver of this NFL draft class that just came out. Uh, but I, I think it's intriguing that they put Kenny Pickett up there at the at the at the quarterback spot because I, I get it. He's the first quarterback off the board. No other quarterback was taken until day two of the NFL draft that mm-hmm. that year. Malik Willis went off way later than anyone expected him to heading into the first draft night. So I, I guess first, before we get into the wide receiver talk, is is Kenny Pickett just there as a placeholder because we might not see our rookie <laughs> quarterback get any start this year? You know, it was funny. When I first saw that, too, my immediate reaction was, okay, are we missing something here in Pittsburgh? You know, like, like we've been so convinced that it's going to be Mitch to start the year and that you right. know, he's got a good chance to – to hold on to that job for a while unless things really go south. Are we just so dialed in on, on Mitch Trubisky that, that maybe we're missing the forest through the trees type thing? Like, does, the, does the does the national media have some scoop that we've all missed here in, in, in Western Pennsylvania, right? 
Um, but then, then I immediately went to where you just went. Well, wait a second. You know, one, you said it. He's the only quarterback taken in the first round. I mean, it's a far cry from, from what, 2018 when there were five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Last year, when there were five quarterbacks taken in the top 15 of the draft, every three picks was a quarterback to start the, to start the first round of the draft, ending with Mac Jones at 15. It is a far cry from that. So I lean towards the latter maybe a little bit more just because, again, as you, as you think it out, Malik Willis, he's sitting behind Ryan Tannehill. Desmond Ritter, okay, maybe he's going to have an opportunity, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be the guy week one as well, too. Kenny Pickett could play, let's say, five or six games, Chris, and he could have far by far and away the most you know, reps, the most snaps, the most action of any of the rookie quarterbacks. This could be a very weird year in that regard. I mean, you right? Talk, Normally, You talk about that pit man while you were over there. Normally, no, normally, again, we've got you've got at least usually what three quarterbacks taken in the first round, sometimes four or five. Right. And there's a lot to really sink your teeth into there. I mean, this year it was Kenny Pickett and then it was a whole lot of waiting. And it was. so, yeah, as, as I started to kind of think about that a little bit more. It, it maybe it feels like no, we're not kind of not all missing the point, not all missing the plot with Mitch Trubisky. Um, that that maybe just you know, my goodness, my hair is out of control. Sorry, I can't. I'm doing this YouTube <laughs> thing here. Um, that maybe that maybe uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, even if he plays half the season, even if he plays a, a third or a fourth of the season, that could still be by far and away enough for him to to be the most impressive rookie quarterback. My, my thing is, Wes, it might not take him playing a third or a fourth. It might be a, a game or two because injuries happen. And Mitch Trubisky is a more mobile quarterback than the Steelers have had for several years. Yeah. He yeah. could take a big hit and need a need a day off or a week off or a week or two off, and that gets Kenny Pickett his starts. He might buy. I, I'm looking at. I'm just looking at how how this class works out. Yeah. I don't see any other quarterback just being thrown into a starting situation to get that much opportunity and succeeding. Right. And my thinking is maybe Kenny gets a game or two to play. And he has Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Pat Fryer move. All these guys are working, and Kenny Pickett feeds off of that. And then you're yep. like, wow, it, it may not be, it's not going to be some, you know, passer rating of 158.3 and all this crazy stuff. But you see a competent quarterback as a rookie. And people are going to say, mm, yeah, that's the guy. In a few years, he's going to be the best. And, and, like, you see people rush to get get on that bandwagon. I think that's how he makes the all-rookie team is that he's yeah, the only yeah. quarterback of this class that gets the chance to do just that. He's the only one that shows the promise and potential this season. And and not saying that Malik Willis doesn't have it or Desmond Ritter right. doesn't have it. No, no slight to them at all. I mean, again, think about it. If you're if if you're Malik Willis right now, if everything goes well in Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill stays healthy, and I mean, this is a team in the Titans that was the top seed in the AFC last year, and they win double digit games, you're not going to see Malik Willis. Even with Desmond Ritter, they're not going to throw him out there right away. They're going to be patient with him. They're going to take their time. That's a whole rebuilding process down there. So yeah, I you know what? The more and more we kind of talk this out, it almost seems like a like a no brainer that Kenny Pickett is going to be. The, the the all you know our first team all rookie quarterback or all rookie uh, you know offense team whatever the exact label is because you're right it might only take two games it might only take three games um, and that 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 could be it it's a, it's gonna be a weird quarterback year for rookies man like it's 
it is very bizarre as we talk this out. And then, and then the next step of this, right, is like, okay, well, how does this play to Offensive Rookie of the Year? Because that award, 80% of the time, is a quarterback. Like, eight out of ten years, that's a quarterback. What if Kenny Pickett's the only quarterback that gets any spin and it's only three games? All right, well, all of a sudden, does it go to a running back? Does it go to an offensive lineman? Does it go to, God forbid, a defensive player? <laughs> well, it, they, that couldn't happen for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Um, okay. But it's, it, 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 I will be – it's late night as we record this, and and you know my hair is just all over the place, and I'm rattled right now, Mister Carter. And I'm saying nice things about a pit man. I mean, geez, Louise, you got my head spinning here. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's you know what I think. The more it, it it makes a lot of sense. When I first saw it, again, my initial reaction was, all right, like, are we missing something? What's going on with this Mitch Trubisky thing that we're all seemingly so sure of, and this kind of plan that the Steelers have? But yeah, there's uh, there's I think going to be no doubt that Kenny Pickett, unless Mitch Trubisky plays all 17 games. Um, I think he's going to be the rookie quarterback that ends up with the most, um, you know, the most tape at the end of the season, the most experience, the most reps, all that stuff. I think it certainly could be that, 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 that being the case for the year. Again, we're both projecting Mitch Trubisky to be the starter for most of the season. It's just the odds that he gets a chance this year and a chance. And I think, again, the big thing is here is that the Steelers have put weapons around him. A lot of these other rookie quarterbacks are going, are going to be in situations where they're going to be figuring things out late into the fact, you know, they're not going to have defenses that have as much talent to keep giving them the ball back. They're going to have to play a little bit desperate at times. And I I think the way the Steelers are going to play this year, they're not going to, I don't think the Steelers will too often have their quarterback in desperate situations this year where they're going to be down by big, by a big score deficits and have to start slinging the ball right, the way right. they used to with Ben Roethlisberger. It's just not where I see the Steelers being this year. But the other factor of this, of course, is George Pickens. And when I look at George Pickens, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that, you know, again, there were what, six wide receivers that went in the first, round of the the NFL draft this year and he wasn't even one of them but there's a lot of people now that are saying oh wait a second that's we he could he could he could be the dude he could be that dude and he was also on this list and in fact he was the first receiver Mm -hmm. on this list to make all all rookie I want to talk to Wes about what it would take George Pickett for George Pickett to do that and compare that to the rest of the Steelers wide receiver depth chart. We're going to do that in just a second here, but first I got to talk to you guys about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news. And we know that now Stanley cup finals are over. Hey, Wes, before we get into, before we get into the other games that they play, okay. were the okay. lining, were the lightning too whiny at the end of that series? Oh, Totally. Especially for a team that just won two Stanley Cups. I mean, exactly. come on. Exactly. Come on. Let's not, Chris. Let's not act like last year when they eliminated the the uh, New York Islanders in the Eastern Conference Final that they didn't have seven men on the ice when they scored the game winning goal. All right, it's sports. Quit whining. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, the better team wins. Exactly, and the Avalanche definitely were the better team in that series, but. I, I get that there were some complaints that you could say by the rules, but hey, like you said, if that team won two in a row. But hey, when it comes to betonline.net, hockey's done. 
baseball is going to be where it's at until we get football season back but they're going to help you with all your odds all your all your information all your all your things are going to be changing from day to day baseball is a fast-moving sport when it comes to how many games actually get played every day so the best place to keep track of everyday games and what bets you can make money off of in the sport of baseball while you wait for football to come back is betonline.net which is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action when you visit bet online where the game starts back here on the locked on nfl po- locked on steelers podcast excuse me i'm chris carter he's wes Euler. wes here's what i propose to you before we get deeper into the george pickens and the steelers wide receiver conversation you mentioned how normally the off- NFL offensive rookie of the year is a quarterback. It's a Trevor yeah. Lawrence. It's a Joe Burrow. It's a whoever's the quarterback of that rookie season. If no quarterback actually plays for most of the season, it won't. Pro- it most likely won't be one. So then you go to does a team, you know, do, does another position get it? You know, there's Chris Olave, there's Garrett Wilson, yep. there's those guys. Yep. But according to this list, again, NFL.com draft analyst Chad Reuter, the top receiver he listed was George Pickens. Interesting. What if it's George Pickens who oh. puts himself in for NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year consideration because he's the most explosive rookie wide receiver and there's no quarterback that takes over. There's some good running backs, but maybe they don't put up stellar numbers. But maybe he – I'm not saying Jamar Chase type of a year from last year. but Sure. I, that I'm would be historic. That would that mean he – First of all, to have it one time with Jamar Chase was crazy. To have it back-to-back years, that then I think a lot of people were talking about. Well, you, had like, just, you had it with Justin Jefferson and then Jamar Chase. I, so I forgot like about three, Justin Jefferson. It would be like year, three years right? in a row of breaking records. It, it would be insane. So, I, again, I look at this opportunity, and I think – I don't think it's crazy to think that George Pickens could put himself in that conversation because there's no quarterback that stands out as the guy that's going to take over for an offense so long as Kenny Pickett doesn't just outright win the starting job right, from Mr. Right. Bisky. Am I crazy for thinking so there? I don't think you're crazy. I would say the the one thing working – and you know what? I, I like this. And, in fact, you know what? Forget uh, – one of these nights I'm going to have to take a night off from betting O'Neill Cruz home runs, all right? <laughs> and I'm just going to have to put some futures – because I bet you the odds for Pickens – to win offensive rookie of the year are probably pretty long. I mean, you could probably get some, some, you know, a, a $5 holler or a 10 buck chuck on that would probably get you a pretty nice return. I don't think you're crazy. The only thing though, that really holds it up for me is what if, it, okay, let's go best case scenario, right? Um, Mitch Trubisky and Pickens, they've got chemistry right away because if it ends up being Pickett and Pickens, I think we both agree that the award would go to the quarterback. Cause that's just, again, that's how this works. So let's say Mitch Trubisky has a good year for the Steelers. The team doesn't light the world on fire, but they, they win 10 or 11 games and make the playoffs. And, and, and Pickens is, is a very productive part of that offense. If that's all the case, I'm thinking that Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool probably had good years too. Mm-hmm. And so I just... I don't know how much is going to be left there for Pickens to go crazy like that, if that makes sense. Because if he's having a type of year where he's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, clearly the offense did some damage. 
is he going to be able to surpass one of those two? Does, you know, not knock on wood, not to speak this into existence, but, you know, is it maybe an injury to Deontay or Claypool or something like that that opens the door for Pickens to have a huge year? So, no. So, so getting back to your question, I don't think you're crazy. Um, but I do think even if he has a, a really productive year, it just might be difficult for him to get the pure volume that some of the other receivers are going to get, um, you know, since he will have Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. And as you mentioned, Pat Fryermuth, uh, a lot of other viable candidates kind of, you know, looking for the football there as well, too. I, I do agree. That's I think that might be his biggest obstacle is that there's a lot of young talent also on the Steelers roster, Steelers offensive roster looking to prove themselves. But to your point about being the, the bet, Right now, the odds that I'm seeing right now for George Pickens to be NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year is plus 4,000, which means if you put down a $100 bet for George Pickens to win off NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, again, you could be just a crazy Steelers fan. But that's a bet that I'd be like, you know, if I lost $100 on that, I lost $100 on that. You're getting four stacks back if the dude four wins the thing. Stacks if you hit it. And here's the other thing. Now, again... Looking at other guys that could win this. There's a lot of other guys. Drake London, the first wide receiver off the yeah, board. It's a good one. Traylon Burks one. could be in that conversation. Christian Watson, Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, Chris Olave, Sky Moore, who went to the Chiefs. You yep, know, yep. there's a the, you know, do, they have any off- do they have any offensive linemen high on that list or no? They actually don't. I'm looking at this list list, list now. Because no, like but- Tristan, a couple years ago, Tristan mm-hmm. Wirfs could have very easily won off. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I, I wonder if maybe we could potentially have another situation like that. But I think that's the problem is that offensive linemen just rarely get that kind of respect. And maybe this is the year that it happens. Maybe they say, well, there's no quarterback and there's too many receivers. Maybe right, we go with right. an offensive lineman. Because, again, this was an interesting offensive line group to be in that to, you know, to, to look at. I mean, this was a group that was picked that very quickly. But, um, you know, Jahan Dotson's out there. He's another receiver that would be in that conversation. But, again, who's throwing him the ball in Washington? Right. Um, right. You know, and I guess the same thing goes for Jamison Williams with the, with, with the Lions. But this, this is why I brought this up, Wes. I just – I thought, you know, George Pickens, let's say he has a better year. And this is my next question to you. Where does he finish in receiving yards for the Steelers? And that includes tight ends, running backs, everybody. Does who does he finish first, second, third, fourth, fifth, anywhere like that? Like I, because I think that determines a lot of this too. Is sure, how sure. quickly do you see George Pickens rise up the receiving, I guess, priority list for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I could see sec. I could see second. I could see him being the number two guy. Mm-hmm. I just, man, I, I in that regard though, I I'm not casting aside Deontay Johnson, like. You know the, the guy who his had over separation 11. skills will make him a target to for for any quarterback, whether it's Trubisky, Pickett, or even Rudolph. Gotta, if that happens, we've we've got to play the Ben Sounder here. All right, this is this is a 2021 comment alone. Yeah, but Deontay Johnson did not have the best quarterback play last year, and we realize in the minutia, in the details, there's a lot of things from last year that I'm using air quotes here. If you're watching on YouTube, that bug us that we want Deontay to clean up still. Mm-hmm. But when you look at that offense and how much they struggled to score and move the football and what that passing attack was, to have over 1,100 yards is is a pretty is a pretty darn good season for Deontay and Johnson. Tenth in the NFL in yards. To finish top ten in the NFL is is pretty darn good. I gotta think. I mean, that's the floor for him, and he is going to you know hopefully have a much more productive run game for the Steelers. Some more guys around him to take attention off of him. 
And, oh, yeah, he's in that contract year and is singing for his supper in terms of his big NFL payday. I think Deontay Johnson is going to be, you know, both eyeball-wise and when we look statistically at the end of the season, the clear-cut number one wide receiver for the Steelers. But if Pickens ends up being the number two guy, you know, not far off from him and has better numbers than Claypool, has better numbers than Pat Fryermuth, um, that wouldn't shock me. It certainly would not. I think he's capable, and I think he's he's going to have a real opportunity to carve out a role in this, you know, this new era of a, of a young Steelers offense. I think that's a very big possibility and something that I think could change the dynamics of how this whole thing goes. Because here's the yeah. other thing. If he finishes number two in receiving yards for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm not saying that the Steelers get 2,000-yard receivers, but that can still be a good thing to have, especially if he's, a, if he's a touchdowns guy. This is a guy who made a lot of catches away from his body, highlight type of plays. If he becomes that kind of guy for the Steelers to make those type of big plays, I think that puts him in this this NFL rookie of the offensive rookie of the year conversation. Again, the odds I'm looking at right here plus four thousand for him. Chris, right ten dollar bet would win you four hundo back. Exactly, and that's I just mean. that that's a and and again for a reasonable bet because I guarantee you there are reasonable NFL betters who even off those odds are like, I like the idea of a George Pickens having a shot at it this year because there's no quarterback that's going to scream off the scales for you. And there's no, and there's going to be, there is going to be a bunch of receivers, but this is going to be a guy on a young offense with a lot of other young talent. And maybe he can emerge to become the young leading talent of the offense. So we'll see how all that plays out. But we've talked a lot about the top of the depth chart. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool calling himself a top three receiver. Kind of, not actually. He just kind of said like he wants to be a top three receiver. I covered that in an episode a week or two ago. Um, But also George Pickens. I want to talk to you about the bottom receivers because I do think it's important how the Steelers feel the wide receiver, how they fill it on their roster, and then how they take it in game by game. That's going to be our next topic here and who makes the bottom of that depth chart right here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Wes Euler. We're talking a lot about the Steelers offense right now, especially that re- that, that that receiver position. Now, we talked about George Pickens maybe being a you know NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year dark horse and being a bet that maybe all of you need to make. Again, go to BetOnline.net to get all your specifics and make to before you make your bet. But I look at this wide receiver room, and we've talked a lot about Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, but who makes out the bottom of this uh, of this wide receiver room, West? Because years ago, it used to be common for the Steelers to take five wide receivers all the time. That was it. Just don't ask questions. They were just going to take five wide receivers at the game. Then in 2016, Martavis Bryant got suspended for a year. Marcus Wheaton had a season-ending injury. Sammy Coates had broken hands. And then all of a sudden, you're down to Eli Rogers. Kobe Hamilton, Marcus Ayers, like you're just in a rough spot receiver wise to work with, even behind Antonio Brown at his most Antonio Brownness. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to take. Yeah, that's a that that's a lot to have to deal with. And in response, the Steelers said, "We're going to take six wide receivers. We're just going to be loaded up at the position. We're not going to want to put up with this." And I feel like that's the kind of spirit that they're that they're that they're at right now because they don't want to be in that position again with wide receiver you know and 
maybe they take six six guys into in, you know into the season. But I wanted to ask you as one, do they take five guys? Do they take six guys in? And if you're presuming Pickens, Claypool, um, and of course Johnson, Deontay Johnson, I think Calvin Austin too being a fourth round pick. I, I, one that was the thing. I wrote an article about this over the weekend for SteelersNow.com. Go check it out. I said Gunnar Olszewski was my favorite to make that fifth spot and and fill out the bottom of it there. But one, do you think the Steelers actually go for the move and taking six receivers in with them to the season? And two, who are those fifth and sixth receivers? If you okay, so I say. like I I like this actually. Um, we all know the big the big three are going to be Deontay Johnson, yeah, Chase Cave, Clayton, that, and George Pickens. I think Gunnar Olszewski is penciled into that number five spot mm-hmm. because of his of his prowess as a return guy. If if you've got a break case, you know, break glass in case of emergency and use him a wide receiver a little bit, wouldn't be a disaster. Wouldn't be ideal, but wouldn't be a disaster either. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think your top three. Deontay one, and then whatever order Claypool and Pickens shake out is two and three. Gunner five, okay? That to me then, I slide Calvin Austin there as as as, as one of the, like he's got to be four or six. Right. He, he can't be out of the equation. He's not a sixth round pick. He's not a seventh round pick. We've he's seen those guys, we've seen those guys not make the team as rookies occasionally. If you draft a guy in the fourth round and he doesn't make the team as a rookie, you That's are public. You are publicly admitting we effed up that pick. I mean, right. there's no other way to. Pick. It's a fourth round pick. It's not a first round pick, but it's also not a seventh round pick. So mm-hmm. I think how it shakes out, Chris, is like I said, those guys are penciled in uh, one, two, three, and five, and then to me, I would think Calvin Austin is your fourth, and you try and keep Anthony Miller as your sixth, and, and stash him on the practice squad or that type of thing. Do what you have to do, but I just. I keep coming back to Anthony Miller, man. He's the real X factor. He's the real wild card for me. This is a guy that caught seven touchdown passes for Mitch Trubisky his rookie year. Seven. That's true. And then and then came back the next year and had over 50 receptions and I think like almost 700 yards. So he hasn't lit the league on fire, but he also had three years with Mitch Trubisky where I think he scored like 12 touchdowns, had a little over 1,000 yards. He was a capable wide receiver. Like I said, seven touchdowns with Mitch his rookie year. To me... How much do they believe in Anthony Miller? What's he able to do in camp and preseason? And is there, you know, something there with Mitch Trubisky? For those reasons, I think he at least belongs in the room in the conversation. And if it ends up being six, even if it's only five active on game day and you try and stash one, I think Anthony Miller's that dude. So here's the name that we haven't mentioned yet. Does that mean Miles Boykin is just sent packing? Because I agree with you. Anthony Miller is an interesting prospect. And Gunnar Olszewski is my favorite. But when it comes to Ooh. these players, Miles Boykin has the build of a Chase Claypool. He, do, he He's certainly also does. a former teammate of Chase Claypool at Notre Dame. Do you pass up on that? It's hmm. a good – that's a great point. And you know what? I'm going to be completely transparent with you here, Chris, and with our Locked On Steelers audience. All right, so go ahead and roast me. I completely forgot about Miles Boykin. Completely forgot about him until about 30 <laughs> seconds ago. We talked about him at OTAs. We have, have had the all these conversations. And then, boom, I just blanked here uh, as we record this late on a Monday evening. Yeah, he's absolutely in the conversation. So that's that's seven guys now. And, and, and again, I don't think Calvin Austin's going anywhere. You don't do that with fourth-round picks, man. And I, I, think, I think Gunnar Olszewski has that fifth spot penciled in. 
I mean, this was a guy who just a couple years ago was was first-team all-pro returner. I mean, he's got real prowess at that position. And like I said, if you've got to use him a little bit at wide receiver in case of some injuries and some things like that, it's not the end of the world. So then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you could have you, you you got two dogs, one bone type situation. Yep. Is it Miles Boykin who, like you said, man, he's got a lot of the stuff you can't coach, just some right. of the size Tons, and just speed. the raw athletic yeah. ability Strength. and the speed. He's got pedigree. He knows the division well. Yeah, um, he's played in the AFC North. He's Absolutely. played in the AFC North. Yeah, know what? We've talked a lot about these different competitions at training camp. You know, you and I, I believe, last week here on Locked On, we mm-hmm. talked about the defensive line now with Ogan Joby and how all that playing time and competition shake out. Maybe that last wide receiver spot is one of these that we need to add to the list because you're, I think Anthony Miller and Miles Boykin are both capable, certainly. You're probably only going to be able to keep one. You know, right. if, if you end up able to stash one of those guys on practice squad back and forth, okay. Realistically, you're not going to be able to do that with both guys. Someone's going to nab one of those guys at some point. Um, that that feels like the the classic Mike Tomlin two dogs one bone scenario. But again, it's better to have two dogs and one bone scenarios than to 100%. not, because then those dogs are going to fight over to that have, bone, to and you're no, going to learn to have no dogs in one bone. <laughs> right, right. No dogs in one bone would be stupid. But but again. <laughs> You look at that situation, and Mike Tomlin's going to say whoever comes out of that is going to be better for coming out of that. Hundred percent, because they'll have they'll have had to work for it, and that builds the respect, and that builds more trust, and the Steelers go from there. So I, I'm right with you, Wes. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how the Steelers divvy up their targets this year, because some of it's not going to be game plan; it's just going to be purely. Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an NFL quarterback trying to make my way, whether I'm Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph, and I can't access this thing, and I need to get into this thing. Right. I, I I could totally see them saying, "Hey, you know what? We're just going to identify who we need to identify with at the receiver position," and that's again why, like, I, I'm with you on Deontay Johnson, especially his separation is going to make him a target, but I'm just not so sure how the entire wide receiver position position plays out, not just at the top, but also at the bottom. Yeah, and you know, not that he plays wide receiver, but Pat Fryermuth obviously factors into this. How, he absolutely how dang- does, especially how, in the red zone. How dangerous is he in the past game, and particularly in the red zone, and what does that mean for their wide receiver usage? I also wonder too, Chris, as, as we talk this out, and you know, I, I think we we believe that the Steelers have seven capable wide receivers. I wonder too if there's a point where you know, there's a team that gets some injuries in training camp or the preseason, something happens. Maybe. Maybe this team feels like we've got three running backs that we like. We'd be we'd be comfortable in parting with one of them and then, hey, we got this wide receiver that we think is good, but he's, he's we just don't have room for him. You've got this running back that you think is good, but you don't have room for him. Let's swap. Uh, hey, Miles Boykin, we're really high on this guy, but he just, you know, we, we did the competition thing and we just don't have a spot for him. But you've got this depth edge rusher that that you don't right. need that that we could really use behind Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt. I wonder if that ends up being a scenario as well, too. I, I don't think it's a bad problem, but you know what? You're right. Long long gone are the days of praying for Sammy Coates to get some stickum um, because I because I for him to be like the kid in Little Giants who like puts the stickum on his yeah. hands and claps them <laughs> and together in the huddle and they're stuck to his, his chest. <laughs> 
Like, like, Sammy, have you seen have he, you seen Little Giants? Uh, he, he has to see the toilet paper to catch the to catch the football. Have you, are my... you familiar with Ed O'Neill's work? Little Giants, uh, yeah, all right. Uh, I don't think that's going to be a problem this year because I, I do think they'll have they'll have seven capable capable wide receivers. Uh, we're we're off the rails late here in the evening. Uh, we we are. Before we go, if you're a fan of Little Giants, one means you probably grew up in the '90s. Two, yep. if you haven't seen it, get on it. Just just find it on Amazon. Watch it. It's a it's a hilarious little kid. It's like Spike Mighty Ducks. Don't play with, with girls. Mike, don't play with girls. <laughs> like, I saw a TikTok of the actress who was Becky the Icebox yep. in the in the movie, and I was just like, oh my goodness. And I just always remember when she takes the field, and 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 the other the, the other coach is like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's that cheerleader doing in uniform? And the coach of the other team, who's her uncle, knows he's like, "We messed up." He said, "That's no cheerleader. That's my niece Becky. She's pissed. And and she's, I, pissed. she's pissed." That's one of the like, greatest. One of the great lines. That's one of the greatest lines. Of the movie. <laughs> Becky messes them up because she's the icebox. Anyways, we're we're goofing off too much here at the end of the the the, the podcast here. About, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen Little Giants, I Little mean, Giants. shame it's on a, you for six weeks and, and it, get yourself right this week. And, and, and if you're a family person, if you just missed it and you and you got a family, you got, you got kids. It's a great it's little perfect. kids movie. Just perfect just watch movie. that for it. Perfect but, movie for the kids. But for the Steelers kids. Look out for them George Pickens betting line. Look at me bringing it back, I'm, baby. I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting on it. I'm getting on it right now. So I'm going to go ask my wife. I'm going to go ask my wife for $10 before for we go $10? So you can make 400 on babe, George Pickens. Babe, babe, give me give me 8 months and I'll give you I'll give you 400 bucks back, all right? We'll split it 50-50. Ain't no ain't no splitting it, bro. That's PS5 money. Let's go. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for joining us, Wes, and here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Wes, let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, as always, you guys know, I host the Steelers you Blitz guys. with Arthur Motes. Well, we're live at noon on SNR, but you can get us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Steelers Blitz. Every show is uploaded in podcast form afterwards. And, uh, of course, if you are a fellow tortured mountaineer soul like me, Ears and beers for all of your uh, your WVU listening enjoyment as well, too. Absolutely. Do check out everything Wes Euler does. Ears and beers, SNR. Follow the man at Wes Euler on Twitter because the man, it, he has great he has great tweeting skills, I will say. He does entertain. And if you want to catch all my 13, if you want to catch all my 13, nine jokes on Wes, that's the only other way you're going to see uh, him. See. Weekly. Weekly. weekly which means you're you're due this week it's coming up so you just got to see when am i gonna drop it on you we still uh, and listen it's it's still early in the week we still got a lot of time it's monday we both had long mondays but anyways thanks again west for joining the lockdown steelers podcast thank you all for listening to and watching the lockdown steelers podcast i'm your host chris carter follow me on twitter and instagram at carter critiques watch this show apple spotify google podcast odyssey youtube wherever you get your podcast thanks again for checking us out we're back tomorrow tony serino makes his triumphant return to the pot to the Locked on Steelers podcast. We'll see you then. 